0: If you're thinking about buying or selling a home this week, uh, this this week or this year, uh, you got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. dot uh, Now, this is a company that Glenn started a while ago, and I was there during the process when he started this, and uh, he was uh, he was relatively agonizing. Every morning, I had to come in and hear his stories about how he couldn't sell his house and how frustrated he was about it. Um, it was all really interesting, but I like today better because realestateagentsitrust.com has solved this problem. He went, to, he talked to the, you know, some of the best real estate agents in, in America. There's a big list that comes out that has the 500 best real estate agents in America. Talked to a bunch of them, got kind of like picked their brains and figured out what are the things to look for for a really good real estate agent. And I think this is a great thing, not only if you're selling your home. But also, if you are buying a home, particularly if you're moving to a new area where you don't have a lot of contacts, you don't know who the quality real estate agent is, this is a great thing to use. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go if you want to sell your house fast and for the most money. Do this with realestateagentsitrust.com. It's been a... uh, It's one of those things that we don't think enough about. We don't think about screening our agents. It's usually just some person that we've met at the gym or whatever. Uh, instead, get get a real screened candidate. Real Realestateagents.com is the place to go. It's Muller Day Part Two. Starts in a second.
1: The fusion
2: of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program.
0: It's Robert Muller Day Part Two, the sequel. Yes, we had the uh, initial letter come out a couple of weeks ago, but here it is. Today we're getting the entire redacted report. At some point today, but not until after a press conference and it's going to be released to Congress and then a, a, we think we're going to get it at some point today. We also expect to get this press conference coming up in within like a half an hour. So we will be covering that live as we go. Muller Day Part 2 here at Stu on the Glenn Beck Program.
3: This is the Glenn
0: Beck Program. Sponsor is Relief Factor. Uh, if you are someone who is really affected by everyday pain i know glenn is uh he's had an inter- a terrible uh terrible time of it over the past i mean know, i've been working with him for almost 20 years which is something it's hard to admit publicly uh but i mean if you go back to the last five to ten i mean it has been filled with real pain with glenn every single day i mean he comes in here and struggles and has uh you know all sorts of problems with his back and and other stuff and for a long time, he decided not to do Relief Factor because uh, he's stubborn. And despite the fact that, you know, about a dozen people around this office were using it and having really uh, real success with it. You know, he pushed it off because, you know, Glenn is, is Glenn. And uh, this is these are the sorts of things he does. However, when you uh, when he started taking Relief Factor, he saw a huge change. Uh, you know, he he has this ranch that he works on and he does a lot of he actually does do physical work there and now he's able to do it and he's talked about his painting he's able to hold the the brush and actually paint for a long period of time these are things he was and you think of them as basic but when they go away it really makes a difference you can make a difference with relief factor as well Uh, i think it's 70 percent of people who try it continue to buy more after the three-week quick quick start which is only 1995 so you get 20 bucks to risk and then uh, hopefully it works for you if it doesn't you don't have to buy it again But if it does work for you, it's going to make a huge difference in your life. If you want a drug-free and natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. It's relieffactor.com. So here we are. It's Muller Day Part 2. And it seems as if that we are going to get some expanded picture as to what's in the Mueller report. Now, if you're like me, I think you don't salivate over these things like the media does. The media loves to talk about this because there's this great time that they have in this window of open speculation where they can say whatever they want because they, there's no evidence as to what's going to be in the report yet. Right. Like, we know that Barr came out and said there's no collusion. And, you know, he's not exonerated from, from the uh, obstruction of justice, but there's nothing there to actually make it rise to criminal level. And, you know, you have to think about what, what do we expect here? The, the press has had a field day since this letter came out because what they've been able to do is say, w- why did we get this summary from Barr? We don't care about some summary from some guy who works for Donald Trump. We want to see the whole thing. We want to see every little bit of it, because when we see every little bit of it, we know we're going to catch him in something. We know that he was protected somehow. This guy, Mueller, who we all said was the gold standard, was going to be able to go into this and, and find every little detail because he's, he's so well respected by both sides. But well, when he didn't come up with a conclusion that we wanted, now we have to, th- there's, they're still holding on to, the, to just that little string, like that little kitty hanging from the strain. They hang in there. They're still kind of just hanging in there, hoping that they can now dig through 400 pages instead of four and find something really damaging, which I I understand what they're doing, right? These are Democrats trying to control the narrative. And they went into uh, ridiculous mode last night because of the announcement of this press conference, which is again coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll have it here for you as, as it goes. The idea that they're trying to make the american people believe is that Barr is protecting donald trump by having a press conference before they actually release the report so in theory you'd have the report released and then people would be able to go through it and then you'd have a press conference about it what they're trying to say is all right well no they're doing this in advance so we don't have the report to ask sensible questions about yet and they're doing this to essentially ease whatever is going to come out. And we know it's going to be something bad. They're trying to ease the, the, the horrible effects on the president's administration. Now, is this true? Well, I don't know. I mean, look, every presidential uh, cabinet, every presidential administration, when they think that something could be damaging to them, if they don't take steps to protect themselves from that thing, they're morons. Everybody does it. Everybody tries to control the narrative in Washington. What do you think the nonsense of the last 24 hours has been about? What are Democrats doing? Democrats are stepping up and Democrats are saying, well, there's, if he's having this press conference, that means he must be hiding something. They're trying to control the narrative. And what's interesting here, and you see this all the time, is when Republicans are trying to control the narrative you see extensive coverage as to what they're trying to do in that process. This is how they're trying to protect the president. This is what they're trying to do. Well, you know what? Allies of the president are trying to protect the president. Of course they are. I mean, that does not mean that there's anything bad in here. We will find out relatively soon what is in there. But the Democrats are doing the same thing, and they're just treated as the experts on the topic. No one says, hey, Democrats are also trying to control the narrative. The Democrats don't care what's in this report. The Democrats care about what they can use against Donald Trump and 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 whoever else in the administration is their next big target. And that's what I think you have to look back at as we're going through this process. We know one one thing we know is that there was nothing a criminal level of collusion in this case. We know that that's already kind of done as far as obstruction of justice. There was nothing that rose to an obvious level of, of criminal uh, uh, issue. And that does not mean, however, that the Democrats won't a be able to find things that they will try to convince America of criminality. They may. They may find something that's uh, juicy enough that they can go in there and say, well, here's this part of it is 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 criminal and we need to go after it. Why aren't they investigating this? They can use their investigative powers to go in and look for additional documents. They can use these things as sort of like lead paths into a new investigation. And then they can drag this out over the next couple of years. And believe me, this is too much of an asset to them for them to let it go. They are going to find something in this report that they are going to claim, and they won't believe it, but they will—they were going to claim is serious enough for them to be able to go through this and... Uh, justify additional show in court they're going to be able to find something that they can put a show on that's going to happen and then additionally beyond that they're going to get to a level where um there's a a strong possibility they're going to be able to find something embarrassing at the very least so that's kind of where i think this is realistically going to land is there going to be a text exchange related to this investigation where a a prominent Trump official says something negative about Trump, where they say something negative about the way something was handled, where they say something that's critical of their own administration. All these things are legitimately possible. And, you know, that's the type of thing that is going to control a news cycle for a week or two. It doesn't make it has nothing to do with the actual real problem we have of a foreign power russia trying to influence our elections that was the point of this and i think at the end of the day you may look back at the Mueller investigation and say wow like because you know the investigations would have gone on anyway uh they would have they would have been throwing these things out yet anyway if the democrats could control the house they would have launched investigations anyway now you have someone who every democrat on the record has said is incredibly credible who said well there's nothing there so it might wind up being a huge positive overall for Trump. But if you remember when the hacking went on with the DNC, uh, and a lot of this was obviously tied to the Russian investigation, when that happened, what came out of it? What came out of it? Anything of value? Not really. What came out of it was embarrassing things for some of the key Clinton players. Right. It was, oh, well, we're, you know, we think Bernie basically we think Bernie sucks and we don't want him to get the nomination because he's going to lose. He's a freaking socialist. So what can we do to help Clinton win? Is there any evidence that they moved four million votes to Hillary Clinton? Remember, she won by 12 points in the primary, 12 points. This was not that close, um, but she won the primary election and Bernie has held on to that as essentially he was wronged. In The primary campaign there was a lot of infighting there were certain officials and people who had high-level Democratic ties that were mocked by people like Podesta and those things were embarrassing to the Democrats Will that type of thing come out here it's possible it's legitimately possible and that's all you're gonna be hearing about for a few weeks if that's what happens but these things are not of fundamental importance to the United States of America which is supposed to be. What we actually care about. That is supposed to be the end game here. It's just very rare that you actually see that occur. So as we go through this report, its you're going to have something in there that's going to lead the news for at least some time. The idea that uh, this is coming out. I mean, you see this it comes out on a Thursday. Tomorrow is Good Friday. Then you've got Easter weekend. How long are the legs? Is, is something in here going to have the Democrats and the media are going to do as much work as they can to make sure the legs are long? They want NBA level legs. They want legs. They want they want uh, a plastic man a stretch Armstrong legs. That's what they want, and they're going to stretch this out as long as they can because this is what they have right now. They certainly can't talk about the economy. Uh, you know, they, there are they're going to make their case and they're going to come out and they're going to say that that what went on here is obstruction of justice literally no matter what is in this report that is what they're going to say is there something so serious that it's going to convince the american people uh, people who are in the middle who are looking back and forth and saying i I, you know i don't know who to believe here are they going to be able to pull those people over they're going to be able to pull someone over to the democratic side from the republican side because of this report I mean, I'm incredibly skeptical of that idea. And and the reason is that if they had something, they there would have been more here. Remember, there wasn't even an attempt by Mueller to uh, subpoena Donald Trump to testify in, fr- in front of him. He could have. He could have done that. Now, whether it would have worked or not, there would have been all sorts of court fights over that. Instead, he asked e- email questions, essentially. Had him answer with the help of his attorneys and, and had Donald Trump answer questions. In written form, if he was sure that there there was a borderline claim here, he would have subpoenaed him and pushed this down the road a lot further than he did. Again, this is someone that both Republicans and Democrats said was very credible, and he didn't even take that additional step to try to subpoena him. And we've seen before, obviously, Bill Clinton was subpoenaed successfully. Um, This could have happened. So without taking that step, you just it's hard to imagine they're going to be able to find something here. Is there stuff on Roger Stone? We're not going to know. Is there stuff on one of his kids? Did, did, did Kushner or uh, his, you know, obviously his uh, son-in-law or did, did Donald Trump Jr. say something bad in a text that could be problematic? It, it's not impossible. And we're going we're to see some of that uh, here. But you have to remember, you have to set the scene here. And the scene is the Democrats, no matter what, are going to say that Donald Trump is guilty of obstruction of justice. The media is going to echo those sentiments. And it's going to be up to the real people in America, people like you, who actually care about Russia's influence in the election, who actually care if uh, Donald Trump did something wrong. Because if he did, you'd be all over it. I hope. I know I would be. Um, but we're gonna look at this with op- with an open mind and say, all right well here's what he did wrong and here's what he did right if if any of those things are there And I think there's a great uh, a great lesson for all of us here to learn about how uh, how inaccurate we are with the direction we go in these in these stories because once again taking precedence over, russian influence over our elections this is a foreign power we all realize the threat of russia and instead of talking about that everyone's going to be talking about some salacious text so that's the scene that we have today uh and we're going to get into that a little bit more jason buttrell is going to be joining me here in a second to go over the the schedule of events today we have the press conference coming up in about 10 minutes it's Stu on the glenbeck program we're going to take a quick one minute break uh and we'll be back in just a second Well, we know there are many ways that cybercriminals can try to take what is yours. And when personal information is exposed, someone can actually use it to commit identity theft. Cybersecurity Risk Assessment Company has reported that hundreds of millions of social uh, media's uh, user records, including text passwords, were found exposed online. I mean, you have to know your data's out there at this point. It's free and ready for public download. These data sets were exposed by third-party apps who had been integrated with one of these big social media companies. User records also include account names, IDs, comments, likes, reactions, and check-in locations. Thank God there is LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number on sale for the dark web, for example. Wouldn't you like to know if that's going on? If there's a problem, U.S.-based restoration uh, specialists will work to fix it. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or uh, monitor all transactions at all businesses. You know that. But LifeLock does this better than anyone. They can uncover threats that you might just miss on your own. If you join now, you get 10% off your first year by using the promo code BEC. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use that promo code BEC. Get 10% off lifelock.com. 10-second break for Station ID. If you're catching the show live, we're about 10 minutes away from the press conference supposedly starting here on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Glenn's out here for a little bit. He's not feeling well. He may be joining us here uh, at any point. Uh, Jason Buttrell is also with us. Uh, Jason uh, is, let's, I mean, yeah, he's got military experience. He's Glenn's the lead researcher, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the main thing that, that Jason does on these days is we force him to read all the annoying reports. All
2: these dang reports. Yes, and I'm happy to do it. <laughs> it's been two years, 24 months. I've been <laughs> dreading today. <laughs> I mean, how many of these have we had to read and talk oh. about over the last, what,
0: year and a half? Yes. It there's feels like a ton. I know. There's always a, a new 5,000-page government <laughs> report. Poor Jason
2: is stuck reading. And it's not like you and Glenn are like, yeah, can, can you read all of these like 5,000 pages
0: and have them done by the show today in yeah. like two or three hours? That's all we ask. I mean, it's not a big it's not a big one. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, can you kind of walk us through the schedule today? Because I mean, the press conference leads the day here in a few moments. Yeah, We're going to find out something about this. Hopefully, maybe a little bit about the process. Is that what we're, we're expecting here? Oh, well, that's what I'm hoping. And I, you, you were talking about how, you know, I
2: didn't ever I actually think about that. That was an interesting way to look at that. I'm just controlling the narrative. Because what I was hoping is that the narrative will be squashed but I guess that's a way in a way that's kind of controlling the narrative as well sure but like it's it's been so kind of it's been so frustrating. After the initial, you know, four-page summary was sent out, because it's been spun in like a gazillion different ways. But I was like, please, like, I, when I heard about the conference, it was like, awesome, like, at least just tell us, look, this is why there was a four-page summary because the rules were changed after Ken Starr and mm-hmm. the new special counsel, yep. you know, rules. Because I think much of the uh, mainstream media just doesn't even talk about that. No,
0: they they, they,
2: they, they want to like create some kind of clickbaity thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like, yeah, tell us all about that, lay it all out, because we're not getting it on CNN. Let's. Just get it straight from attorney general Barr's like mouth um then this is why this, we have to redact things we can't talk about certain things unless they you know uh pertain to a crime mm-hmm. um or if they have stuff about you know uh, um,
0: uh non-public uh, officials yeah, yeah and this is an important part i think there's four different ways they're redacting this information they're going to color code it so you know the reason they redacted it part of it is grand jury um so the grand jury uh, testimony cannot be Put in a public report like this, unless there's a special clearance from a judge, judge, which they do not have. So some of this will be because of its grand jury information. And that's so going to happen, right? It's absolutely going to happen. They're going to go for that. Um, That's number one. You also have, uh, and this is an interesting one. Basically, they don't want to throw information that could be personally damaging on someone who's sort of a periphery character in this and ruin their life just because of it's a public report so yeah. you know if if some guy at starbucks had some interaction uh with donald trump uh, or mcdonald's is probably a better example he likes <laughs> he likes the McDees. Uh, if someone at mcdonald's had an interaction with donald trump and it was embarrassing for the mcdonald's employee they're not going to include that information they're going to redact it because they don't want to there's no reason to embarrass the mcdonald's employee over this yeah now what's interesting is people are were saying hey Well, Donald Trump, if he wasn't charged with anything, is he a character they're going to black out all the information on? Barr was very clear. No, we're not going to redact information about Donald Trump. He's a public uh, official. Um, And I think the wording he used was a public elected official uh, official, but there's still a way they can get
2: around that, though, mm -hmm. actually, Mm -hmm. when this is why I think there's some of the gray area, because they also cannot talk about uh, the current case of Roger Stone because of the gag order.
0: Yeah, that's another one of them. So, So there could be text
2: messages, emails, whatever, specifically between the two of them, the president and Roger Stone in theory,
0: in theory. But that would be completely blacked out. They're blacked out. They're right. in the middle of ongoing proceedings, so they don't want to tip their hand on it as to necessarily what they have. They don't want to necessarily close down another string of the investigation that might go from Roger Stone to someone else. These are, and if you listen to actual legal experts and on the left and in the right, they will tell you these four uh, categories of redaction. Are incredibly standard Mm -hmm. they're the boring standard everybody uses in this type of situation now the left is going to say that Barr is applying them incorrectly right like they can say well we think he redacted too much what you will definitely get is a word count essentially as to what percentage of the documents were redacted no matter what number that is they will say it's too high Mm -hmm. they will say they redacted too much information and you know what because this is just like it's like a it's like a series jason it's like when you want to extend people to watch the next episode of game of thrones you give it a little cliffhanger and what they'll do here is well we saw what they gave us but you know what's behind those black uh markers uh that's the real stuff and they won't give us that they release the whole thing and they will they will stretch this out for another six months
2: um so so that comes out at 11 eastern Apparently, only on CDs, uh, just yeah. to Congress.
0: Right?
2: We're still using CD Robbers. Still- <laughs> <I mean>, uh, <laughs> and we don't know when the uh, the other less redacted version is going to come out. Yeah, And so. it will
0: be, I will say, it will be um, available for uh, download on dial up modem. Uh, so that's going to be coming up. I can't wait for that release. That's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll be back with more here in just a second on the Mueller Report and the press conference right around the corner.
2: You're listening to Glenn
0: Beck. So uh, 23andMe's, they have a health and ancestry uh, service kit. You can explore 125 personalized genetic reports that may reveal the link between your DNA and your health. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you can, you're talking about different traits that you have, including your chances of developing certain diseases. Uh, diabetes, diabetes, is a growing public health challenge. One in three adults, of course, in the U.S. has pre-diabetes, whatever that is um but uh, 90 percent of those with pre-diabetes don't know that they have it well if you have 23 and me you're going to be able to find out information about that um genetics are an influence here it's not just lifestyle and weight and type 2 diabetes is a condition that typically develops as we get older and is caused by many factors including of course diet lack of proper exercise i can't think of any people uh, who could be guilty of this uh, on the glenbeck program uh weight gain and genes 23andme type 2 diabetes report offers insights into your genetic likelihood for developing type 2 diabetes and empowers you with personalized results The report was developed uh, from more than 2.5 million 23andme customers it's very cool Uh, order your 23andme health and ancestry service kit at 23andme.com slash beck 23andme.com slash beck it's 23andme.com slash beck we have the Barr press conference on the Mueller report's release coming up momentarily. Of course, he's going to delay this and make it awkward. But it's going to be supposedly coming up in just was here on the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, we are just, uh, looks like seconds away from uh, Attorney General William Barr coming out and, and, and telling us what he knows or what he's going to reveal today about the full Mueller report. And... You know, all eyes are going to be on this, obviously. It's going to be the topic of discussion, certainly, uh, f- for the foreseeable future, which seems to be endless, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like we're never going to talk about any other country on Earth uh, except Russia, and we're never going to talk about anything important that they're doing. It's only going to be, we're going to, fo- we're going to instead focus on the palace intrigue, because this is all about c- you know celebrities. They're trying to take down Donald Trump as a celebrity, it seems like. Okay, William Barr is now going uh, up to the uh, podium, and uh, let's listen in to William Barr.
1: ...related to Russian attempts to interfere in our 2016 presidential election, and he submitted his confidential report to me pursuant to department regulations. As I said during my Senate confirmation hearing and since, I'm committed to ensuring the greatest degree possible of transparency concerning the special counsel's investigation consistent with the law. At 11 this morning, I'm going to transmit copies of the public version of the special counsel's report to the chairman and ranking members of the Senate and House Judiciary Committees. The Department of Justice will also make the report available to the American people by posting it on the Department's website after Uh, it has been delivered to Congress. I'd like to make a few comments today on the report. Before I do that, I want to thank uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein for joining me here today and for his assistance and counsel throughout this process. Rod, as you know, has served at the Department for nearly 30 years with dedication and distinction and it's been a great privilege and pleasure for me to work with him since my confirmation. Uh, He had well-deserved plans to step back from public service that were interrupted by my asking him uh, to help in my transition. Rod has been an invaluable partner, and I am grateful that he is willing to help me and has been able to see the special counsel's investigation through to its conclusion. Thanks, Rod. I'd also like to thank Special Counsel Robert Mueller for his service and the thoroughness of his investigation, particularly his work exposing the nature of Russia's attempts to interfere in our electoral process. As you know, one of the primary purposes of the Special Counsel's investigation was to determine whether President Trump's campaign or any individual associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government to interfere in the 2016 election. Volume one of the special counsel's report describes the results of that investigation. As you will see, the special counsel's report states that his, quote, investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. I am sure that all Americans share my concern about the efforts of the Russian government to interfere in our presidential election. As the special counsel report makes clear, the Russian government sought to interfere in our election process. But thanks to the special counsel's thorough investigation, we now know that the Russian operatives who perpetrated these schemes did not have the cooperation of President Trump or the Trump campaign, or the knowing assistance of any other American, for that matter. That is something that all Americans can and should be grateful to have confirmed. The special counsel report outlines two main efforts by the Russian government to influence the 2016 election. First, the report details efforts by the Internet Research Agency, a Russian company with close ties to the Russian government, to sow social discord among American voters through disinformation and social media operations. Following a thorough investigation of this disinformation campaign, the special counsel brought charges in federal court against several Russian nationals and entities for their respective roles in this scheme. Those charges remain pending and the individual defendants remain at large. But the special counsel found no evidence that any American, including anyone associated with the Trump campaign, conspired or coordinated with the Russian government or the IRA in this illegal scheme. Indeed, as the report states, quote, the investigation did not identify evidence that any U.S. person knowingly or intentionally coordinated with the IRA's interference operation, unquote. Put another way, the special counsel found no collusion by any Americans in IRA's illegal activities. Second, the report details efforts by the Russian military officials associated with the GRU, the Russian Military Intelligence Organization, to hack into computers and steal documents and emails from individuals associated with the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton's campaign for the purpose of eventually publicizing these documents. Obtaining such unauthorized... a thorough right. investigation of these hacking some operations. audio issues here we're still obviously were we're still listening in court, Russian military officers for their respective roles in these illegal hacking operations those charges are still pending and the defendants remain at large. But again, the special counsel's report did not find any evidence that members of the Trump campaign or anyone associated with the campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these hacking operations. In other words, there was no evidence of the Trump campaign collusion with the Russian government's hacking. The special Council's investigation also examined Russian efforts to publish stolen emails and documents on the Internet. The special counsel found that
0: they found something and his mic's cutting out here, which is incredibly helpful. I'm sure all the multiple years and millions of dollars U.S. taxpayers have spent on this report. You didn't really want to hear what he was talking about here, did you? No, of course not. How about hiring an audio expert uh, uh, here? I mean, that would be that would be helpful. Um, He's going into kind of running through exactly the structure of the report is what I would say. Uh, Part one being uh, the collusion. uh, And then he's broken that into several parts so far. If you're just joining us, we're listening to William Barr's uh, press conference, the Attorney General on the release of the Mueller report. Uh, the CD-ROMs will be taken to Congress soon, so they can boot them up on their uh, compact computers from 1989. Copies on 8-Track will also be made available. Thank I've you. <laughs> <laughs> and a free uh, membership to Freedom Rock uh, for each one that comes out. Um, they, so the three kind of categories they've outlined so far, the charges against the Internet Research Agency. It's obviously been highly reported. This is the stuff they were doing to manipulate social media, trying to so discord in our country about the elections and very clear wording there. They did not identify any evidence that anyone in the Trump administration or anyone, uh, associated with it conspired or cooperated with the IR uh, IRA or internet research agency. Um, that is more than we knew. And here's why before this, uh, well, uh, in fact, instead of me telling you that, I to listened. To, uh, we've got the bar audio back. Let's jump back in, and we'll get to this. But did in the not
1: find that the Trump campaign or other Americans colluded in those efforts. After finding no underlying collusion with Russia, the special counsel's report goes on to consider whether certain actions of the president could amount to obstruction of the special counsel's investigation. As I addressed in my March 24th letter, the Special Counsel did not make a traditional prosecutorial judgment regarding this allegation. Instead, the report recounts 10 episodes involving the President and discusses potential legal theories for connecting those activities to the elements of an obstruction offense. After carefully reviewing the facts and legal theories outlined in the report and in consultation with the Office of Legal Counsel, and other department lawyers, the Deputy Attorney General and I concluded that the evidence developed by the Special Counsel is not sufficient to establish that the President committed an obstruction of justice offense. Although the Deputy Attorney General and I disagreed with some of the Special Counsel's legal theories and felt that some of the episodes examined did not amount to obstruction as a matter of law, we did not rely solely on that in making our decision. Instead, we accepted the Special Counsel's legal framework for purposes of our analysis and evaluated the evidence as presented by the Special Counsel in reaching our conclusions. In assessing the President's actions discussed in the report, it is important to bear in mind the context. President Trump faced an unprecedented situation. As he entered into office and sought to perform his responsibilities as president, federal agents and prosecutors were scrutinizing his conduct before and after taking office and the conduct of some of his associates. At the same time, there was relentless speculation in the news media about the president's personal culpability. Yet, as he said from the beginning, there was, in fact, no collusion. And as the special counsel's report acknowledges, There is substantial evidence to show that the President was frustrated and angered by his sincere belief that the investigation was undermining his presidency, propelled by his political opponents, and fueled by illegal leaks. Nonetheless, the White House fully cooperated with the Special Counsel's investigation, providing unfettered access to campaign and White House documents directing senior aides to testify freely and asserting no-privilege claims. And at the same time, the president took no act that in fact deprived the special counsel of the documents and witnesses necessary to complete his investigation. Apart from whether the acts were obstructive, this evidence of non-corrupt motives weighs heavily against any allegation that the president had a corrupt intent to obstruct the investigation. Now, before I take questions, I want to address a few aspects of the process for producing the public report that I am releasing today. As I said several times, the report contains limited redactions related to four categories of information. To ensure as much transpar- tr- transparency as possible, those redactions have been clearly labeled so that the, leaders can tell, uh, the readers can tell which redactions correspond to which categories now as i to 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 recall those categories are 6e material, okay. material. we're listening
0: to uh, william barr attorney Information general he gone through the report uh, here he's going to go to questions here in a second uh, he's now just going over the process which we've already covered on today's program we have to take a break we're going to come back on the other side with uh, with these questions see where that goes that should be interesting uh, here on the glenbeck program Um, So we've been talking a lot about Brickhouse Nutrition. This is a company that I love because they are trying to solve actual problems that people have. I know, as as guy, uh, eating my greens is not exactly a priority in my life. They've made Field of Greens, which is awesome. Another thing is trying to stay awake through meetings uh, with Glenn Beck. Or, I will say, long press conferences from attorney generals who were... Attorney general in, like, 1991. So they don't have necessarily the most exciting presentation of information i was able to stay awake why dawn to dusk dawn to dusk is from Brickhouse nutrition and it's an extended release energy supplement it lasts up to 10 hours increases energy improves your mood and focus and if you happen to be someone like jason buttrell who's about to dive into a 400 page Mueller report uh jason you need to have uh, you want some dawn to dusk today i think you're gonna need you need some to get necessity this. today okay. necessity <laughs> uh the place to go is brickhouse glenn.com it's dawn to dusk and field of greens from Brickhouse nutrition you get 15 percent off your order uh 15 off when you uh what is the uh the code uh g-l-e-n-n g-l-e-n-n or call them 833 ring b-h-n dawn to dusk is 100 satisfaction guaranteed or your money back go to brickhouseglen.com or call them 833 ring b-h-n all right, it's Stu for Glenn on the Glenbeck Program. We're talking about uh, the release of the Mueller report and the uh, press conference going on with William Barr. We're going to get to the questions here in just a minute to kind of reset where we are and what we've heard so far. They discussed the process a little bit earlier. Uh, Barr went over the process of how this came out uh, and then went through the report a little bit, gave us highlights of what actually happened in the report. Part one was about the collusion. Uh, not only uh, was there no collusion, but it actually went further than we've heard before to say they had absolutely no evidence of anyone helping uh, the Russians. Uh, they, went, they, they used the term, uh, they could not identify any evidence multiple times. I mean, this was not a borderline thing. This wasn't the thing, well, there was some evidence, but it didn't add up to collusion. No, there was no evidence. They could not identify any evidence that any American... Uh, worked willingly on any of the three things they investigated, which is much further than we've heard before. No American, period. Yes, no American. (laughs) That's... Also, encouraging. Like, not only is it a good thing for the Trump administration, a good thing if you you happen to be a Republican or whatever, but it's also just a great freaking thing for uh, as an American. We don't have people doing this, at least that we know of. So that's one. And I will tell you, it was so clear that there was no collusion in part one. And I can tell you how you know how clear it was. You're not going to hear word one about it mm. for the rest of the day. They're not going to talk at all about the collusion thing. The collusion thing is dead now. Only the only thing that lives here is obstruction of justice. You can almost—Bonnie died, but Clyde is still alive.
2: You can almost bet that every single Democrat right now in the House Judiciary Committee and Senate Judiciary Committee are probably just skipping Volume One.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not even going to I'm read going to that look part. It. They don't yep. care. Beyond that though, the obstruction stuff there is going to be a lot because uh they identified 10 episodes where the president was involved in something. They say Mueller tried to tie them together and say that there was something there. And then there was a bunch of sort of ex- I would say excuses as to to excuse the behavior we're about to read about uh from Trump. Some of them very legitimate, some of them people are not going to like. But all you're going to hear now, what are these 10 episodes? What happened in them? We're going to know today. We'll come back with the first media questioning here in just a moment. Thank you, Hillary. Uh, All right, we're going through the Mueller report today. Glenn got sick. Uh, So he was here this morning. He was prepping for this and kind of walked out right before the show and uh, is not feeling well. So Home Title Lock is our sponsor here this half hour uh, in our spotlight. They are a great company because they have uh, stopped something that's really important to stop. Uh, FBI is calling Home title fraud, one of the fastest-growing crimes in America. A grand jury in New York just called it an epidemic. Criminals look for vulnerable properties. They go through the obituaries, which is really dark, and they pour through public records. You're not paying attention when family members died. Or, you know what's going on with the deed. Well, and it's convincing to people because a lot of times deeds get transferred, you know, in this situation, and it's almost impossible to reverse once it happens to you. Don't let yourself be one of these victims. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Take care of you, people that you love, your elderly relatives, any rental properties, everything. Um, You can get this done, a free title scan report when you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. It's a $100 value, and it's yours absolutely free. When you go to HomeTitleLock.com and you're protected for the future, HomeTitleLock.com.
2: Of entertainment and enlightenment.
3: This is the Glenbeck Program.
0: It is Muller Day, part two. That's right. Muller Report coming out. Uh, the bar uh, press conference is now over. We're gonna go through everything that happened in his statements and what he went through as well as uh, some of the questions. there's maybe one kind of back and forth that was pretty interesting pretty it was pretty tame uh, but we'll give you those highlights as well uh, and we'll get to all of this here what do you need to know? where is the media gonna go where where is the left going to attack what are the points they're going after? We'll get all of, uh, all of that information to you uh, this hour here on the Glenbeck program.
3: This is the Glenn Beck program.
0: Ah, oh, this is one of those days that you thank the Lord for the X chair. Why do you do this? Because you will have to be sitting reading a 400 page report all day. You're going to be sitting in a chair. You're going to want it to be comfortable. And that's what the X chair brings to you. Because if you are one of these people that works at home every day, there is nothing better than having an X chair. I mean, they're saying it's, it's as low as twenty-eight dollars a month with zero dollar, zero percent financing. I mean, less than a dollar a day to have the most comfortable chair you can have. Uh, the X Basic model has is awesome. It's really, really comfortable. Uh, they're going to give you hundred dollars off right now. And a lot of times, we don't take care of ourselves in these situations because we're like, eh, you know, work sucks, and well, i am going to spend money on you know something? You know, I'm not going to enjoy work anyway. Well, you forget that you spend more time there probably than you're doing in bed. You're doing more time in this chair than you're doing almost anything else. We're talking about probably what amounts to close to a third of your life. You're gonna be sitting in an office chair. Why not make it comfortable? And the X Chair basic is exactly that. All X chairs come with a 30-day, no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction and free shipping. So there is absolutely nothing to lose. Go to X Chair. Uh Xchairbeck.com is the place to go. Xchairbeck.com. It's on sale for a hundred dollars off. XchairBec.com. The letter X chair. Beck.com or call 1 844 4 That's 1 844 4 Okay, uh, so Glenn is, uh, he was in this morning, we're prepping the show, and he uh, just kind of walked out about 30 seconds before the show, not feeling well. And so he has gone home. Uh, So we are here to give you the breakdown of the Mueller report. It's I'm sure he was uh, it wasn't that he was feeling completely fine and just didn't want to deal with the Mueller report all day. I'm sure that was not the real situation. He was like, how many pages? Yeah. How many am I assigned? (laughs) Not feeling too well at the moment, all of a sudden. So I'm here with Jason Buttrill, who joins me. Uh, He's a head researcher. He's the guy we're going to task with. uh, I mean, we're all going to read it. But Jason's the one who's going to have to really get nerdy with it. And uh that's why you're here, Jason. I'm sliding into my X chair. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Got to have the X chair today. Okay, so I'm going to walk through here for a couple of minutes what we just learned from the Mueller report. And I will say um, Barr's press conference did reveal things that we did not know before and did give a significant uh, idea as to what direction the coverage is going to go on this. And so let me go through this a little bit. Uh, First of all, kind of walk through the process. What is happening now is um, we have, uh, in Congress, there are a bunch of CD burners. They've bought the last six CD-ROMs from the shelves of Staples. (laughs) And they are now burning the CD-ROMs with the report and they're going to drag it over to congress i mean it's embarrassing i do think that if you have a dial-up modem you may be able to get access to this now whether you can post it on myspace i'm not sure but you, you can check that and maybe you can even post it on friendster we'll have to check with that i'm not 100 percent sure i mean it's just embarrassing we spent how many millions of dollars on this report and then in the end of the day, what we're going to have is a bunch of CD-ROMs being physically brought across. And, you know, you can make the argument, okay, well, you know, security reasons or whatever, you might not want to put them on the Internet. We're posting it on the Internet later today. Like This thing, it's 400 pages. Email the thing. <laughs> you know what? Post it on Amazon. Let people buy it if they have to. <laughs> but there should be a nice fancy button at some point. We should, we should pull this uh, up and make sure we're checking for this as we go. And I'm blabbing here. Uh, when that button comes up, we should be able to download the entire 400-page report, and we will start going through it for quotes, we'll start going through it for uh, understanding and additional perspective on what's actually going on here. And Barr came out and did, you could argue, what the Democrats were saying he was going to do, and also, you could argue, exactly what any administration would do. He's trying to give you perspective so you understand what you're about to read, so let me give you this uh, breakdown of what he went through the The Mueller report comes in two different pieces, two different chunks, part one and part two. Part one is about collusion. Now we have heard in the initial letter from Barr that there was not enough evidence there was uh, I believe they, they, it did not rise to the level of criminality. Um, they Trump was saying completely exonerated, and I thought that was a pretty fair. Uh, a summary of of the tone of this letter when it comes to collusion they went through and they said look there's no collusion here um and that is a that's an interesting thing like when you say that there's no collusion what does that mean it's a summary of all the evidence right you're saying okay there may have been things here and there but we it didn't rise to any criminal level that was i think overthrown in the bar press conference because what William Barr said was not that there was, you know, some things here and there, but it didn't amount to collusion. What they said was there was absolutely nothing. They went so—I mean, he look, if he's wrong on this, if he's lying on this, I, I mean, I don't see how he can. He was quoting Mueller. But they said over and over again that there was absolutely nothing, not only from Donald Trump— not only from Trump's family, not only from Trump's campaign, and all the people surrounding him, all the way down to you know the Carter Pages of the world, who I think maybe like gave Donald Trump a high five once in his life. Not any of those people. Not only them, but no American they were able to find any evidence of.
1: Can Go you? Ahead. Yeah, sure. Go is, ahead, Jason. So,
0: uh, put that in context of what that means for the other
2: people that have been charged for, that surrounded his campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about Papadopoulos. Yep. Um, that was a huge thing if true so what the heck was that was that all just a made-up story I mean between that ambassador and that mm-hmm. weird like or was he just braggadocious
0: and but now it, remember he did not get charged with it he got charged with lying right. right so is it just that he was lying about it but in reality they didn't find anything to that incident right that's a big deal and that and again I, like he, there was this idea that Trump colluded with russia the the letter from Barr came out and everyone kind of realized, okay, doesn't look like he colluded with Russia. We are now at the point that I mean, there's nothing to that claim whatsoever. Now we're going to look at this document. Obviously, there's going to be more in there. You never know, and you know what you're going to find in there. There could be something that is you know you don't you think is distasteful or whatever. But the way it was worded, and this was worded not by Barr but by Mueller, that there was they were unable to identify any evidence. This is a quote, any evidence of collusion with Russia by any American. Let me give you the three ways they broke this down. First of all, there was the Internet Research Agency. If you remember, this is a social, the social media sort of attacks. Um, they, of course, did come up with charges against the Russians. And this is another thing that's going to be left by the wayside here, but is incredibly important. One of the things that this, the Mueller report establishes very clearly is that Russia did try... To manipulate our elections to me and i've said this many times before it is not a witch hunt the only way this is a witch hunt is if the witch you're going for is donald trump and of course the media and the left that is the witch they're going for they want to take donald trump down so him calling it a witch hunt uh oh, i can't believe they're doing that he's really bad it's not a witch hunt, not because of the Trump stuff, but because of the Russia stuff. The idea that they found and identified not only, I was it 12 Russians or 13 Russians who were specifically in on this campaign, but also identified the, the, the methods uh, and the process of, which they, uh, of how they tried to manipulate uh, American elections is an incredibly valuable. I mean, it's very, if we could have just erased all the nonsensical politics around this, and step back and said, hey, you know, it would be great if we actually focused on a hostile nation to us and what they're trying to do. The Mueller report would have been uh, fantastic. And I th- hope that's what Mueller was trying to do. You know, I, I really hope he was. I'll, I'll say this. He did. He may have had other motives, too, but he did do that. Um, we do know that they tr- did try Russians and there was uh, we did uh, uh, indict Russians. And, you know, they're not going to go to jail because they're just going to stay in Russia, obviously, you know, or, or they've been killed already by Vladimir Putin. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how much jail jail would be really I don't know think it'd be that effective. They may be begging for American jails from where they actually are. The point, though, is that that is real and that did happen. And we should note that we shouldn't. That's by far the most important thing that could come out of this is what is Russia doing? How do we stop it in the future? So that's, that's that part. Internet research, research Agency, again, they said they could not d- identify evidence, could not identify any evidence that any American colluded with Russia with the Internet uh, Research Agency. Part two was the GRU. They hacked the Democrats. Now, this is the thing you remember with John Podesta's emails coming out. You know, a lot of people like to, you know, the Clintons love to blame this as the reason they lost. Really, what came out? I mean, step back for a second. Can you remember anything that came out of the hacks of the Democratic National Committee or Podesta's emails. I mean, honestly, the probably the most memorable thing was it started the PizzaGate conspiracies, right? Like, I mean, there's there's really nothing that came out of that. Uh, the only thing was some infighting among Democrats that embarrassed them a little bit. I mean, it did not turn the election. It's absurd to think that it turned that it turned the election. However, uh, they also did not find any evidence. That's a quote could not find any evidence that anyone in the campaign, in the administration, in the Trump family, anyone did anything to work with Russia when it comes to hacking the Democratic emails. That's a pretty big deal. They also talked about uh, the publishing the emails of WikiLeaks. All of this comes down to uh, the end game, which is they could not find anything on this and that and that report was amazing
2: by the way that's another one that i had to read Mm -hmm. um but talking about the was it 25 ish russians that were indicted in that was it that high? You know, it okay. was something like that. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it was, 25. But like, if you want to know how this worked, read that. It is so in-depth. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing investigative work. They, they tracked Bitcoin payments. They tracked server IP num- uh, you know, numbers. Mm-hmm. They found out exactly where these people were in the world. I mean, it's just amazing. It's so in-depth. But there's no question
0: at all that Russia was behind this after you've read that. yeah, And, and we, as uh, thinking members of society, have to step back and not let the media control where these things go if all we find out of this is the exact process and identify inner workings of russian spy activity it was worth it mm. right like that's a huge thing that's the sort of thing that the that we should have been doing anyway and may have done anyway in a in a private sense but it's it's not it's not the investigation it's not the people working and tracking ip addresses and bitcoin payments It's the media and left that have derailed this into basically the only thing that matters about it is uh, how much can we screw Trump over on this thing? Yeah. So what I just given you is part one of the report, part one of the report, all about collusion. They could not find again, quote, any evidence. They could not identify any evidence that supported that theory. And that's why this word right here is going to be the last word you hear about that in the report. No one's going to care about collusion anymore. It's all going to be dead from this moment forward because it was so clear and so exonerating for the president on, and not only just the president, everyone in his campaign and everyone in the country, they could not find any evidence that anyone in the country colluded with Russians on this. Number one, it's going to be erased and no one's going to care about it anymore. Collusion, that word goes away. Number two, uh, it's encouraging in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, I... I don't put anything past any American, and I, I we walk into a into a you know a, a Walmart or a Starbucks, you never know who the next person over. I have no idea what they're going to do. They're probably super super duper creepy. Joe Biden's like got his hands on everybody's shoulders. I, I have the very <laughs> low expectations of people. They could come up and sniff your hair at any time. But at least we're not colluding with Russians, <laughs> so we have that. We're going to take a one minute break. We're going to come back on the other side with the obstruction stuff. This is going to be the focus of the media. This is what they're going to care about, and we'll get into that just in a moment here on the Glenbeck program. So the housing market is on fire all over America. The economy's been getting good for a long time. We've had a great run here. Uh, interest rates are falling. It's a great time to sell your home if that's what you want to do. If you want to sell or buy, competition is going to be fierce. You need a great real estate agent to help you. And that's why real estate agents uh, realestateagentsitrust.com exists. Glenn created it so there would be some sort of process. So you can actually find someone who knows what they're doing, who can go through and, and, and give you a breakdown of uh, the market, uh, where you should be selling your house, how it should be uh, advertised and marketed. It's not about putting faces on on um, you know bus benches. That's not effective to sell your house. It's effective to sell the agent. How are people going to actually get your house sold fast and for the most money? you need to do a process here. Don't just trust some random person who happened to come up behind you and sniff your hair. That's not a good way of selecting a real estate agent. Go to realestateagentsi.trust.com. You go there, you put in your address, you put you put in the area you're looking uh, and if you're uh, you can get the best agent in that area. If you're moving to a new area and you want to buy a new house, you might not know anybody in that area. You don't, might not get a personal recommendation. Even if you do get a personal recommendation, why not go with Real Estate Agents I Trust anyway to check on that recommendation? But if you don't have anywhere to go and you're not sure and you're going to a new area, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a great place to go and it gives you the process that you actually need to pick the best agent. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 second break for Station ID. You, Yes 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 you are yes you are oh you are it's Stu, by the way on the glenn Beck program uh, along with jason buttrell uh we're uh filling in glenn and uh, i got sick today but you are about to feel as if you are watching the david letterman program uh you know like the mid 90s all you're going to be hearing about is a top 10 list that is where we are do you remember this I mean, this is what Letterman used to do every day, and it would be all over the media the next day. His hilarious top 10 list when everyone came together and said, you know what? At the end of that, those weren't really very funny, and the worst one was number one. Why does he always structure it that way? Uh, and that is really going to be the debate over the next 24 hours. In the obstruction section of the Barr press conference about the Mueller report, uh, he identified 10 episodes in which the president was apparently directly involved in, that the Mueller investigation attempted to string together through legal theory to show that there could have been a case on obstruction of justice. This top ten list, what the I, what the situations are, how they went, what Trump did in these situations is going to be the focus of the media uh, throughout your celebration of the resurrection of jesus christ this weekend like that is all easter weekend the media is going to be fascinated by this top 10 list and what trump did in relation to this top 10 list
2: my nightmare scenario Stu, was three episodes three that's what i was expecting mm-hmm. and i was like this is gonna suck because this <laughs> is gonna guarantee the next 1700 years yes. of talking about this mm-hmm. but 10
0: 10 scenarios and it's 10 coming from william barr so it's not uh, this is not a media report saying 10 and then you look at it and it's really nothing he's saying 10 episodes now again this is you know this is what you do when you're a presidential administration and, and this happens at every business this would happen on this show if something was happening that was coming out bad we would hope to get to you first to give you our perspective on it so you'd at least understand it before believing everybody else we did this th- i mean this week is, this happened glenn got accused of saying something he didn't say and the you know the best thing we could do is come to you and say look this is what he did say and here's our here's how this works of course the administration is trying to they keep saying oh well he might be setting the narrative of course he's trying to set the narrative this is what it, uh, this is the way these things work and you can sit here and say well he's not supposed to be doing that that's not his job in the department of justice he, he's look that's obviously fundamentally true you know what else is true uh, the the press secretary to the president of the united states works for us not the president you know, the person who comes out and lies to you every day. You remember the guy, you know, it was a Jay Carney in the Obama administration came out every day and said things. And you're like, this is a blatant lie. <laughs> in theory, he works for us. Right. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, no friend of the media. In theory, he she works for us. She's an employee of us. And she is a person who is supposed to communicate what the White House believes. We all know in, in these real situations in politics, people do defend their own side and they do try to present the best case forward. But that's why I think this was interesting. Um, I will say uh, this. One thing that's important about this is Rosenstein's buy-in. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Rosenstein has not been a figure that has been you know, closely associated with Trump support by any means. And the fact that he's buying in on all of this is, is an incredible uh, foundation of credibility when it comes to this. This is somebody who has been at odds and has been criticized by the president. The fact that he's agreeing with Barr's analysis here is big. That's not a a minor thing, and I don't want to brush over that. Uh, But the idea was there's these 10 episodes that could be viewed in the the general realm of obstruction of justice, and it didn't seem like the case from Barr was that any one of these individually could be uh, obstruction by themselves. He specifically noted that Mueller tried to tie them all together as a pattern of behavior That if you view as a whole from 50,000 feet, what you see there is obstruction of justice potentially. Again, not enough to actually think he was guilty of it or they would have, you know he could have charged him. They did say that that was not the reason that you, know, you can't add a sitting president. They did say that that was not the reason that that, that occurred. And the problem, though, is obstruction is very
2: hard to prove. Yep. Like you need something that says, it's all about intent. Hey, guess what? I'm doing this because I want to
0: obstruct justice. Yeah. You basically have to have that to do this. Because it's, it's, it's a high bar and it's intent. It's intent based. So if you do something that just happens to help the other side and you didn't mean to do it, that's not, that's not obstruction of justice. Mm. So these 10 things together, uh, are are going to be the focus of the media coverage for God only knows how long. 1,700 years, I and think going, that's what works. And going to be the uh, focus of multiple Democratic investigations when it comes to the House. They're not going to let this die. We'll get into what Barr said about those 10 episodes, and some of it was re- revealing. We still don't have the full report. Congress is supposed to get it in about an hour and a half. We're supposed to get it sometime after that. We don't know exactly when. When it comes in, if it comes in, we will, you know, jump right on it and we'll give you these details from the press conference and some of the questions coming up on the Glenn Beck program.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: Norton has been an expert in cybersecurity for many, many years, and they are ahead of the times in helping keep your data secure. Uh, This is uh, one of those things that they've now, I mean, they're ahead of the times every time we've talked about them. They're always ahead now they're talking about VPN technology. I've heard of VPN. It's virtual private networks. If you kind of remember like all the cheesy like 90s movies where like the, the trace is coming and it's bouncing around a map all around the world. That's kind of what VPN does. It protects you. When you connect to public Wi-Fi, even if it's password protected, you're basically exposing private information that could be used by cyber criminals. That's why you need Norton Secure VPN. It's an easy way, and it kind of encrypts uh, all of your connections, uh, even on public Wi-Fi. So the information you send and receive is safe from cyber criminals who want to steal it. Uh, you might got to make sure you're taking these steps in today's world. Now, not all VPNs are truly private, as you may know. Norton Secure VPN doesn't log your online activity and app usage, and it is truly a private network. Uh, go uh, get Norton Secure VPN. Enjoy the convenience of a connected world without worries about online privacy or security. Go to Norton.com/vpn. I mean, it's three thirty-three a month. You got to do this. Norton.com/vpn. Come back on the other side of the break with more on the bar press conference and the fallout of the Mother report coming up. So within the half hour congress will have the redacted Mueller report and this of course is a bizarre uh, process it will go on cd-rom and will be delivered via cd um then it will be uh delivered in handwritten cursive uh written in a in a quill <laughs> then a messenger pigeon will take it across the Capitol, and then it will be uh read via audio on cassette tape or eight track recording uh, if you have a reel-to-reel machine, uh, get it out of the closet. Uh, you may be able to get some of the information on that as well.
2: We need a special counsel to <laughs> investigate the lack of technology yes. at the Department of
0: Justice. It really is embarrassing. Seriously, though. <laughs> it really is embarrassing. If you have an Atari 2600, they're <laughs> releasing it on that very soon. <laughs> and follow it. Okay, so I want to go through some of this stuff real quick. We're going to get uh, Trump is uh, supposedly going to come out and talk as well about this. We'll take that uh, if and when it happens. We have some of the questions we're going to get to here in, in today's program as well uh so a couple things that are important to know about the obstruction part you're going to see you know i think the conservatives are going to focus on the collusion and show that there's absolutely nothing there the case was overwhelming uh as far as the presentation went from Barr on that one the obstruction thing is the only thing the mainstream media and the left and the democrats are going to care about because they've already lost the thing they were arguing over for the last two years they're now onto the obstruction part of it and this one was interesting i gotta say So they said there's 10 episodes that we talked about earlier that they're trying to string together with legal theory in the Mueller report to say, if you kind of back up to 50,000 feet, look down at these 10 incidents, you can get kind of a picture of collusion. It's sort of the crop circle argument, right? Like, you're down on the ground, it just looks like a bunch of weeds are knocked over. You go up in the helicopter, oh my God, aliens were here, right? That's, (laughs) That's what they're hoping to put together. Now, what is interesting about this is the way Barr handled it. Is he trying to put the best face on this for the administration? I mean, I don't think that, I think 100% these things happen on both sides, of course. But he went into a a list of, you could call them excuses. You could call them context. But he is, I I think they have identified, Barr has identified, these things might look a little bad for the president. And this is the only reason the media is going to care about this stuff. Here are some of the things that Barr said about this. He said, there are 10 episodes, and then he said, but I want to give some context to these 10 episodes. Number one, he was in an unprecedented situation. Which I'm, is true. Which is true. I, I don't think any of these are, are untrue. But they are explanations for... be. They're not explanations for good behavior. They're explanations for things that, that the media is going to try to make look like bad behavior. And, and who knows? I don't know what they are yet. We'll have to see. So, number one is unprecedented situation. Number two, he was under a high level of news media examination. Now, when you're the president of the United States, you're always under a high level of news media examination. Um, But they've been looking into him not only as president, but before that. Number three, Trump was frustrated at this time. Now, to communicate the frustration of the president, which is, of course, real and many, many times completely justified, especially when we w- with what we now know that he did not collude. You know, Trump had really extra special information this entire time about the Mueller report, which was he knew he didn't do it, right? No one else knew. A lot of people guessed on both sides, but we didn't know. Now we have this report out here. We know that he didn't do it. Trump knew that the whole time. So imagine how frustrating that is. When you're being accused of this all the time and you knew you know that you didn't do it, you know, that people around you didn't do it. You know that no one you have no idea that anyone ever did something like this. That is a a significant point and would be frustrating, though. There's no reason to point out his frustration if if this isn't going to be potentially at the very least a, a PR issue for the for the president. Next up, he said he was also angry at this time. This is Barr essentially excusing the 10 incidents and saying these are the motivations. He was unprecedented. He was frustrated. He was angry. He said he was upset about the illegal leaks that were going on. And then he said he cooperated. Even with all of that going on, he still cooperated with uh, the investigation. So all of those, if you kind of look at those and you're saying, okay, Barr is trying to say, what you'll see in the media here over the next uh, day or two and when the Mueller report comes out is may look bad in certain instances for the president. But if you put it in context, you can understand why he acted that way. That's the that's the bar argument. And I think that at some level, that's a compelling argument. But it does I, also identify that they do think there are some problems here, I think. <laughs> um, and I think the biggest one, if I just finish this off here. They said at the end he had non-corrupt motives. That was a quote from Barr. So it's it's a way of saying like, yeah, he did things that don't look so great, but his motives were not bad. He wasn't trying to screw the country. He wasn't trying to protect himself. He was just upset and frustrated and under a lot of pressure and you know maybe did some things that weren't right. I think all of those are potentially, depending on how much, probably honestly depends on what letter you have after your name, whether you think those are legitimate excuses or not. But beyond that, they are identifying that they do think that there will be that type of problem here. That does not mean he got you know uh, convicted of any crimes. It does not mean you know he's going to prison. They're not going to drag him out of the White House today by any means. Uh, but they do see, I think, at the very least, some PR issues here. Jason Buttrell uh, joins me. He's going to be going through the report here as it's released. Uh, Is that the take that you kind of had? I was about
2: to say the exact same thing, especially his quote on non-corrupt motives. So you can already kind of frame or kind of guess on what the headlines are going to be, or what these ten incidents are going to be about, Mm -hmm. because he he knew that he was innocent. Now we know that Mm -hmm. the rest of the country, the special counsel didn't at the time, but he knew he was innocent. innocent. Now, what would you do in that situation? You're like, no, I don't. don't, Why are you going after General Flynn? I want to. Let's do this. Like Mm -hmm. nothing. There's no there there. The problem is that there was an investigation going on. You can't
0: step in and try to shut that down. Even if you're completely innocent, you have to let that go. Um, and he did eventually, right? He did consider things like, you know, the Comey, uh, the Mueller firing was reported on. Uh, he, you know, he did. But, he you know, that was one of the big bar points was, look, the bottom line is, at the end of the day, this you're reading this report because he let it go
2: on. And we don't know now, but there's got to be corroborating evidence, you know, like a statement, a email, a something, you know, a testimony that someone gave that said, I heard him say this, you know, under oath that said, yeah, let's 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 stop this so we can move on to something important. Something like that. there's going to be in there. But like it said, like they said, (laughs) you know, he wasn't guilty of any crime. But it looks it looks kind of like it has a hint of guilt because, you know, maybe he was trying to, like, impede this so that this could go forward. I
0: don't know. I think at the very least it's going to look. The question here is, do you give enough fuel to Democrats to act plausibly as if they believe there was a crime? Right. Uh, And that is this type of thing. It seems like they're defending against. Right. They're they're coming out and saying, look, there were some incidents here and there. There's 10 of them. And if you remember, uh, you know, if you're listening to Rick Dees in the Weekly Top 40 or Casey <laughs> Case, I'm counting down the hits, and you get to the top 10, most of the time, what happens? You know all those songs. Those are the songs that have been playing like crazy on radio for the last, you know, year incessantly, mm-hmm. right? My expectation is eight of the 10 are things you already know. There are things like the Russia meeting. There, uh, there are incidents like that. There are incidents like where you have a, a situation... Uh, you know, it's it's the it's the changing of the story. Remember, you know, reportedly Trump dictated this uh, response about adoption when trying to talk about that uh, initial meeting at the, at the Trump uh, White House. Uh, you know. It's it's going to be that type of stuff. So most of these songs you're already sick of here in the top 10. They're counting down the hits. We're already going to know almost all of these. If there's a new one in there, it will be the media mania for you know the next few weeks, uh, most likely. What and there may be additional details about those things as well. Um, but a lot of these, there's been a lot of these stories that have come out, right? And there's been a lot of these stories where um, we've heard, for example, attempts at collusion, right? The idea that the the, the big Moscow, um, you know, the, the big uh, Trump Tower reporting uh, meeting was essentially, uh, you know, a very light, loose effort to see if they could get dirt on Hillary Clinton. Didn't Nothing came of it. It kind of came and went. You know, it's more than I would have thought was there. But honestly, like in the end of the day, we already know about this. It's already been litigated, basically, unless there are new details about that meeting. For example, Trump knowledge of it or something. Um And not Donald Trump Jr., but Donald Trump, uh, the father, the president. So things like that might come out. But I mean, in reality, when you step back, you know there's been a lot of reporting on this incident. I mean, the media has been completely obsessed with it and obsessed with him this entire time. Again, to the extent that they've avoided the actual title of the report, which is like, hey, what the... It's not exactly this. Hey, what the hell happened with Russia in these elections? It wasn't supposed to be a Donald Trump report. It was supposed to be what Russia did. And we've ignored that because the media is continually obsessed with Donald Trump as a personality, as a president, as a what they view as this evil right wing ideologue, uh, which they view as some totalitarian in the making. And because of that obsession. That's the only focus. That we've been able to get out of the media. They don't care about any of this other stuff. They don't really care about Russia. And if you think it's bad before, I I can only imagine how bad it's going to be now, because when I was
2: watching bars say all this stuff, what I, I was instantly, you know, taken back to James Comey talking about, you know, trying to explain the intent. That Hillary Clinton didn't have with her email. And I'm like, sure. dude, that is not your job. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And I was totally pissed off, which I think most of the people listening right now were too. And they still, I mean, I still want it, want more on that. But that's exactly how they see this. They saw James Comey. They saw that moment. That was their moment for them. Saying, look, why are you doing all this? This is not your job. Like, why are you making excuses for all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I personally, I I'd, I still need to read the report, but I, I, I don't think that I, I really don't think that we're going to find hardcore evidence of obstruction. I, I just don't. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, if they did, they would have they would have made it more clear. And, and, but
2: again, it's hard to prove. Mm-hmm. It's hard to prove. So I think that they're saying, OK, look, this is very hard to prove. We're never going to get an, you know a conviction on this. So we're just not going to go forward on it. That's what I think. But it doesn't matter because they see the James Comey moment. So they are going to dig into this again for seventeen hundred years. It's going to be nonstop way past the next election. Even if Donald Trump is, is reelected or isn't reelected, it's still going to go way beyond that. We're yeah. still talking about the Hillary email investigation. Sure. out loud, mm-hmm. And we still feel like we
0: haven't been vindicated on that. We don't think justice has been done. Yeah, the stuff doesn't go away. It, that's uh, how they're going to see yeah, it. And, you know, you'll get the same people who released books about how guilty Trump was on the on the collusion front. And those same people will now write reports saying, uh, forget my last book. Read this one. Uh, so we'll see that, and I think one thing I think we could take back, and and this is going to be something that Congress is going to have to deal with in the, in the aftermath of this, is I will say this: the law the 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 law here is is ridiculous. Like, let's picture another situation: uh, Obama is in office, and he's 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 accused of Russian collusion, and there you know there there are meetings, and there's some and there's some things that make us think maybe he did it, right? And then the report comes out. And not only do we get a Eric Holder gets to release a letter setting the precedent of, you know, what what this report is going to have. Then after that, Eric Holder comes out and does a big press conference. And Eric Holder's the one making the decisions on all the redactions. And Eric Holder is the guy who we would be just as suspicious as they're going to be. Right? Like, I, I know I would be. I would be looking at this and being like, well, what did they redact? What, what, what is this? What about this part? This looks interesting. Why can't I see that? And so it's it's a, it's an odd choice to make a report like this, come down, all the decisions come down to someone who the president actually imp- appointed. It's almost impossible to investigate a president under this uh, circumstance. That's not to say that the investigation was not thorough. I think it was. But the way, it, the, the process of it going through the attorney general who just went through an appointment by the president is odd. And it's something that probably should change. It has nothing to do necessarily with you know Trump, and, and it's, I'm not accusing Barr of anything, but I think conservatives rightly would be suspicious as well if it was Eric Holder and, uh, and his smug face telling us that nothing happened. That would not be something I would necessarily trust. We have more coming up here in, in just a minute. Uh, we need to get to this, and we're only a few minutes away. My kind of suspicion is they're going to give this to Congress and then very soon after give it to the public. So we hopefully will have it here soon. We'll go through all of this. I want to take your calls as well. If there's anything that you you picked up from the press conference or anything you're concerned about, uh, give us a call. 888-727-BECK. It's Stu in for Glenn here on the Glenn Beck program. Ronald Reagan once said freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Man, is that true. God, he was smart. Reagan was a pretty good president, wasn't he? Uh, I mean, the move towards socialism is reminding everybody about uh, that now. And you have to step back and say, have you prepared financially to actually protect your family if this or any other disaster overwhelms our country? Even a short-term crisis. We saw what happened with the financial crisis in 2008. We've seen a lot of these over the years. Goldline, I've worked with Goldline before. I've bought gold from Goldline. Uh, and I did that because it's an insurance policy against the world going crazy. Uh, you know, They have just released their uh, 2019 version of uh, the Legal Tender Bar, which I have right here. It's really cool. It has uh, 10 individual... Uh, they look like chiclets to me. Delicious chiclets. Don't eat them. They're way too valuable to chew on. Um, but they're one-tenth of an ounce, 99.99% pure gold bullion Legal Tender Bars. That are secured in this sort of credit card barter case here, which is really cool. Kind of slides open for easy access and use. If you, you put it in your wallet, you can put it in your pocket. You can keep it in your, you know, somewhere safe, your purse, whatever. The point is, if something goes wrong and, you know, this comes down to it, you're going to have something to be able to barter with uh, in a situation like that. But also, you know, it's, it's it's gold. I mean, it's it's been a good investment. It's the gold standard since the beginning of time. You know, I'm no investment advisor, but I think it's a great idea to have. Uh, and you know what? Talk to Goldmine. See what they think. See if they if this works for you. Um, see how easy it is to own gold and silver. Eight six six Goldline is the place to go. Eight six six Goldline. Read their important risk information. Make sure gold is right for you. Do your homework. Uh, pray on it. And give them a call. Eight six six Goldline. All right, we're waiting word from President Trump, who's going to come out and do a press conference. We think or make some comments about the release of the Mueller report. I hope we can get to today. The Democratic candidate power rankings. There's 18 candidates. We've ranked them worst to first. We've worked on this sort of model for a while. We'll let you know who they are in what order they are and their chance of success. I guess uh, if if that's what you can call it. When we're talking about socialism, it's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Back with more in a second. The
2: Fusion. Of entertainment and enlightenment mm. This is the Glenn Beck Program
0: It's important to have uh, Assigning people Important jobs and, and and I will say Jason Buttrell uh, Has been assigned the job of constantly hitting refresh On the website to see When the actual Mueller <laughs> report comes out uh, When he does he's going to download it And start reading and we'll have some details on that coming up We're also monitoring a press conference Or at least a statement from Donald Trump That might be coming if anything uh, interesting Happens there we'll bring that to you we have more from the actual release of the report and we'll get into that and we're also going to go into the field of the Democrats where do they stand right now We'll get into that here in just a moment on the Glenn Beck program.
3: This is the Glenn Beck program.
0: A cybersecurity risk assessment company has reported that hundreds of millions of social media uh, of one social media giants user records including some plain text passwords and we all know what you're doing We all know you use the same password for everything okay if you think if I know it, you gotta believe criminals know it. Uh, they are exposed online, free, and ready for public download. By the way, don't do that. <laughs> don't use the same password for everything. It's not a good idea. I had today. I had, a, I had an alert from our IT guy here at the company. China, China, trying to break into my email account. What? China. Yeah, it's true. I actually got that alert today. They're like, some someone from China is trying to get into your account. Wow. Yeah, kind of bizarre, right? God. I mean, again, I don't. I doubt it was President Who or President Xi. Or any of the other presidents over there. Uh, but uh, it does happen. It happens to you, probably happens to you a lot more than you know. Uh, there are so many ways cyber criminals are trying to take what's yours, and, and that's when your personal information is exposed. Uh, and then, you know, someone can use it to commit identity theft. Thank God there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. you got to know if that's happening. If there's a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft uh, or all you know, tra- monitor all transactions at all businesses or monitor your email if China's trying, trying to get into it. Uh, but LifeLock can uncover threats that you might miss on your own. Go go there now. Join and get 10% off using your uh, promo code BECK. It's going to be 10% off your first year. 1-800-LIFELOCK is the place to call. Or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Don't forget that. Get 10% off and protect yourself with LifeLock. <laughs> So Donald Trump is walking to the podium as we speak. Uh, let's uh, see if we can take a little bit of this and see if he addresses the Mueller situation at all. Usually what happens in these situations is you go to a live press conference and you know what they say? I just like to thank Bob and then I'd like to thank Frederick and then I'd like to thank Orlando and Reginald and Montegua and all of my friends from third grade. Can we bring up the audio whenever we have it? uh you know whenever we have uh i'd like to also thank my third grade teacher who i saw in the hallway before and gave me a scratch off lottery ticket didn't win but it was pretty interesting okay here we go let's see if he's going to comment on it
3: we're deeply honored to be in the presence of true american heroes i want to thank our great vice president mike pence and karen pence for being with us today thank you mike and Karen. yeah vice president Mike,
0: stand Mike, stand up. Come on, Mike. Get up. Come on, Mike. Stand up. I don't know if Mike stood up. They, they kept the camera on and Trump all the whole time. Theirs
3: is really a fierce devotion. I can tell you that. Speaking, I deal with Mike and Karen, and they have a fierce devotion to America's veterans, and uh, we all do. And thank you very much. We're also grateful to be joined by Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan. Patrick, thank you very much. Great job you're doing.
0: Controversy—he didn't make Patrick stand up. I think get that to the get that to the
3: Daily Beast. 100% of the caliphate. So that's uh, that was great. That was one of our early assignments, right, with you. So I appreciate it. Great job, Pat. I assume you met General Counsel editor affairs, Jim Byrne. Jim, thank you very much, Jim. Great job.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, I was told by the New York Times there wasn't a caliphate until they did their caliphate and podcast. Army
3: Vice Chief of Staff General James McConville. James? James. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. So,
0: James! So, is he going to talk about I the Mueller also Report? Want to we'll
3: thank see. Two great congressmen for being here. Ooh, and who if are they? we had room, we would have had a lot more. Nancy Pelosi. Rowe oh. And James Baird. No. Thank you very much. I picked wrong. And they're having a good day. I'm having a good day too. Ah. It's called no collusion, no obstruction. Oh, yeah. I'm having a
0: good day. Big smiles from the president.
3: There never was, by the way, and there never will be. And we do have to get to the bottom of these things. I will say, and uh, this should never happen. I say this in front of my friends wounded warriors, and I just call them warriors because we just shook hands and they look great. They look so good, so beautiful. But I say it in front of my friends, this should never happen to another president again. This hoax, this should never happen to another president again. Thank you. With us on stage today are the wounded warriors from the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, okay. the Coast Guard. Well, it looks like he's going, National obviously, Guard, by the way, we
0: Corps could spend a, a much more important things on the Testament. actual wounded warriors. And and he pointed out something that is very interesting, and it's, it's a little depressing. Uh, when you meet uh, some of these heroes that have been wounded in battle, they come in here all the time. They always have these great causes, and they're doing these great things with their lives. And they've obviously accomplished thousands of times more than I'll ever accomplish in my entire life. And they come in here, and they they're all wounded, and uh, and and then you realize they're they're still in better shape than you, like they're in like a wheelchair and they can't walk yet. They still have much more muscle tone than you do, and that is a depressing moment, I will say. Um, but uh, these are great guys, and we are now getting uh, information. Yes, it is. It looks like we do have a posted version of the Mueller report. So it's a uh, 448 pages. Okay, 48 pages longer than it's been rumored to be.
2: And uh, it is heavily redacted on, certain, on, some, on some pages. Like some pages, mm-hmm. I'm just
0: scanning through it really quick, have been completely blacked out. And you'd expect that. You'd expect that. Mm-hmm. That's not a, no surprise there. I mean, they're, they're going to make a big deal of whatever the percentage of redaction is. We, you know, we'll hear that number, I'm sure. And what's interesting soon. on this is it's, the title of it is Report on the Investigation to Russian
2: Interference into the 2016 Presidential Election, mm-hmm. Volume 1 of 2. So I'm kind of confused on whether this is just half of it. I think volume one and two, though, is
0: uh, volume one was collusion. Volume two was uh, obstruction. Wow. So but I, I I think volume two is in that 448 pages, if I'm not mistaken. It better be. Uh, I'm sure they certainly didn't get away with not really. Ah, oh, we forgot about the instruction part. We'll get back to you in a couple
2: of months. I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, I don't know if I can handle reading 448 pages times two.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so you're going to start going through this? Uh, I'm on the case. Okay, we're going to take a, a break for one minute here, and then we're going to come back on the other side. I'm going to give you an outline of the people who are going to try to take advantage of the Mueller report. Who are the Democratic candidates? Who can win? Who's the favorite? Where do these guys stand? We'll give you this here in uh, just a moment. First, uh, I want to talk to gun owners out there. Uh, This is your last chance to win a gun that has revolutionized the firearms world. And the USCCA is giving you 19 chances to win this very special gun. United States Concealed Carry Association is a 100% American-based organization that's dedicated to bringing you industry-leading education, training, and legal protection. A huge part of this is legal protection. Make sure you're covered. So which gun are you going to have to win? Here are the hints. Number one, its high-tech polymer frame makes it lightweight and comfortable to conceal. Number two, it's highly customizable and renowned for being durable, rugged, and reliable even in the most extreme environments. And number three, with its 15 plus one round capacity, this gun will never leave you high and dry at the range or in self-defense situations. What gun is it? Want to see it for yourself? Simply text BECK to 87222. That's the name BECK to the number 87222. And they will reveal the gun to you. You instantly lock in your 19 free chances to win. That's back to eight seven two two two. It's simple, quick, and 100% free. This giveaway ends uh, tomorrow, so do it now. Text the word "back" to eight seven two 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 right now for the official rules and lock in your 19 entries before it's too late. It's back to eight seven two two two. And pause for 10 seconds for station ID. It's due in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He went home sick today. Was here this morning prepping the show and then got sick. So he uh, went home. We're going through the Mueller report. I have Jason furiously going through it, assuming he can read. I'm not 100% sure on that. We'll see. Uh, And for now, we're going to take a a quick kind of sideline here as we're we're waiting to get the updates on this. And kind of walk you through who are the people that are going to try to take advantage of this. We have the new Democratic uh, candidate power ratings out. They're on glennbeck.com. You can read the entire list right now. And the way this works is we've you know, been working for a few months on putting together an actual sort of model, statistical model that kind of measures a bunch of different things about campaigns. I have 30 different categories we go over. I won't bore you with all the details, but it's stuff like, you know, it's polling in all different areas. It's, you know, it's everything from social media reach to fundamentals in the campaign. There's fundraising in there. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff, about 30 categories measured. And we're looking to see if we can kind of identify these it makes sense of this because half the freaking country is running for president for the Democrats right now. So how do you make sense of that? That's what the democratic candidate power rankings are doing. If you're a sports fan, you see this on all the sites, you know, you have the NBA power rankings, you know, they, they rank the teams one to 30 and you kind of get a sense of where people think they are. Well, it's a little bit more scientific than that and that we're not just, just, you know, it's not just my opinion. Uh, It is a lot of data going into this as well. And so we'll kind of go through this, you know, from worst to first here, and we'll start at number eighteen. Wayne Messam. If you don't know, he's running for president. You're not alone. He's the mayor of Miramar, Florida, and he. I think he was a wide receiver for Florida State in the mid '90s. That's about about his uh, his chance of winning. Now, we kind of have a score that this model spits out between zero and one hundred. Uh, Wayne Messam in eighteenth place has a thirteen out of a hundred. So, I don't think there's any way a, a, a guy can go from a small town a small city mayor to president of the united states but forget that i said that as we get later on in this list because eh, there's some conflicting information marianne williamson she's like a spiritual advisor for oprah winfrey and kim kardashian perhaps if kim kardashian like uh paints her body with a marianne williamson for president sticker and releases a new sex tape maybe she'd have a chance i I think that's about it it's about her only chance she's in 17th place her score seventeen. Out of 100. In 16th place is Eric Swalwell. You know the Eric Swalwells of the world because there's a certain brand of presidential candidate that's not actually running for president. And that's Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell has is under no impression that he can actually win the presidency. But where's the downside of running for president? People will start knowing your name. You'll be able to r- raise a bunch of money that you can even pull over to your uh, your House campaign later on. Or if you want to run for Senate or something in California later on, you're raising your profile And, you know, Eric Swalwell continues to be able to raise his profile a little bit over the hundreds of uh, nameless, faceless representatives that we have, and you don't know who they are, because he'll go on MSNBC and say really outlandish things for attention. And that's what this is about. It's an attention campaign. Eric Swalwell, 16th place, a score of 20. John Delaney is next up. He's a 20.3 is his score, 0 to 100. Uh, he's been a candidate for the 2020 race since you were a small child. When you when you got out of kindergarten, that's when John Delaney announced. He's a very rich guy. Uh, he So he's been funding his own campaign, basically. He's, he's lent himself $16 million to run his campaign. Um, but the fact that you don't know he was running, and he's been legitimately running since July of 2017. This has been going on. He's been everywhere in Iowa. He's trying to make this a thing. It doesn't seem like it's turning into a thing. However, uh, he is, I will say, one of the few candidates on the Democratic side that will stand up against something like Medicare for all. He's kind of running as a moderate. He says, you know, capitalism's done some good things, but we need to change it. There's this moderate wing of the party that's trying to make some noise, and they're almost all at the bottom of this list. Uh, John Delaney in 15th place. In 14th place, did you know he was running? Tim Ryan. Did you know who Tim Ryan was? You know Paul Ryan. You know Ryan Gosling. Do you know Tim Ryan? No, you don't. Okay? Okay. Unless you're in Ohio, you probably don't know who Tim uh, Tim Ryan is. He's a representative there. There's probably some very unlikely path to Tim Ryan being a vice presidential candidate. I mean, he's from Ohio. Uh, he's, again, running sort of as a moderate in the campaign. Uh, he is, I mean, but just, doesn't that make it impossible to win in the Democratic Party right now? If you're running as a moderate in the Democratic Party, unless your name is Joe Biden, and honestly, I th- there's no real evidence that Joe Biden is going to run as a moderate. Everyone keeps saying that. But I mean, every time Joe's asked about it, he's like, I'm the most progressive guy in this in this campaign. I mean, he's not running as a moderate, even if you think 30 years ago, he may have been moderate. He was one of the most progressive candidates running for president in 2008 as a senator. I mean, this idea that he's a moderate is is perplexing to me. But uh, Tim Ryan comes in and 14th place with a score of 21 out of 100. Uh, on the candidate rankings, by the way, you can get all these again at glennbeck.com. It's interesting to read through them and see where everyone stands. In 13th place, Tulsi Gabbard. She's got a score of 26. Now, Tulsi is a weird, that's a weird bird, that Tulsi Gabbard. She's from Hawaii. Uh, she is very, very left. She's in the Bernie socialist side of the, of the party, which you may have noticed is kind of the only side of the party. But I digress. She has uh, a very strange history, though. She kind of came up as a right-winger. She took positions. Uh, her, her dad was a big anti-gay rights activist type of person. Um, you know, was on the gay conversion thera- therapy thing. She did, like, appearances and and, uh, and 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 such for that cause. So she has, like, a very anti... If you think about this in a democratic primary, the idea that you took a stand a few years ago uh, 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 for gay conversion therapy, probably not going to help you in the primary race. Uh, she loves the Bashir, Bashir al-Assad. She's like number one in the fan club. It's her and David Duke. They're the only two people in the in the Assad fan club. She loves him. She doesn't think he did anything wrong. And she's just a strange candidate. She's kind of she was actually sort of endorsed by David Duke in the past. Again, this is a Democrat we're talking about. It's I mean, and if you know anything about history, it might not surprise you that David Duke Duke would would endorse a Democrat. Uh, But that's something that which at least shocked the media whatever strain of the flu that allows Alex Jones and former socialist presidential candidate and Democratic Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney uh, to to be best friends. Whatever strain of the flu that is, that's kind of what Tulsi Gabbard has. It's a weird combination uh, of characteristics and a candidate. I don't see how she wins the nomination, but she's in 13th place in 12th place. The Yang Gang makes their appearance. Andrew Yang, a score of twenty-seven out of one hundred. Yang is uh, is interesting in that he's you know pr- pretty smart guy. Like if you heard his interview with Ben Shapiro, I would highly recommend it. Every Democratic candidate should do these types of interviews. We've invited a lot of them on. Of course, they won't show up and talk to Glenn or any of us. Uh, they you know Yang went on with Shapiro, and it was smart of him to do so because I think it, he convinced a lot of people that at least he's not insane. Um, however, he has I I, I think he makes occasional sense which is not not something you can do in the democratic party right now you can't you can't have a sensible take on something he does occasionally do that he also makes a lot of statements that don't make any sense he's big on uh, the universal basic basic income but if you hear his description about why it kind of comes flows from almost the uh you know uh conservative libertarian argument for it which there is one and it's a little convoluted i, I Absolutely encourage you to listen to that Shapiro uh, Yang interview. It was, it was pretty interesting. He is the only candidate to outline an anti-circumcision position, which makes him, uh, he's now leading the field in commentary about the private parts of male babies. And that's that's something he can just take on his own. He's the only guy doing that. Uh, we're going through the top 18 candidates here. This is where they stand at this, at this moment. In 11th place is Jay Inslee. He has a score of 30 out of 100. And Inslee, if you think of Inslee as a candidate, you think of like Lindsey Graham 2016. If you remember Lindsey Graham and his candidacy, it was essentially a one-issue candidacy. He wanted to get on stage in the debates and take foreign affairs, um, you know, the war on terror, a hawkish foreign policy into the debate. People weren't really talking about it. It was more of a domestic issues election, and he ran for president largely to try to make people talk about foreign policy. Uh, he ran a single issue campaign in 2016 on hawkish foreign policy, and now Jay Inslee is essentially running one on hawkishly fighting the weather. Like he's a big climate guy. He's the governor of Washington, but he's been talking about the climate incessantly forever. Maybe he's the type of person who could be in the picture for a vice presidential nod, but he's really in the race to you know, kind of force front runners left on the climate. I don't know if he can stop that burning orb in the sky. We'll see. I mean, maybe if we elect him, he will. He'll turn the whole thing off, and everything will be dark, just like we wanted. Uh, John Hickenlooper, yeah, he's running too. By the way, how many so far have you heard that you knew were running for president? <laughs> I mean, two, maybe. John Hickenlooper has a score of thirty-two out of a hundred uh, when it comes to quality uh, Democratic uh, primary chances to win. We're looking at you know not whether they're good candidates or whether we would vote for them. Certainly, they're all awful on that front. But do they have the chance to win the Democratic nomination? Hickenlooper, another former governor, uh, you know, he has some moderate tendencies, I guess. You know, he at least is trying to play those up. Maybe you'd see him as like a, a you know, the type of person who would get a VP candidacy behind a Cory Booker or a Kamala Harris, somebody like that. You have to wonder, though, if the Democrats want another, you know, kind of, you know, white bread, vanilla, unknown Zilch of a candidate again. I mean, they, this is what they tried with Tim Kane. I mean, and, and does anyone even remember that Tim Kane ran for, ran for president? I mean, at least people remember Dan Quayle. Does anybody even remember Tim Kane's name? I bet ninety percent of American doesn't remember who ran with Hillary Clinton right now. That's how much. Of, that's how little an impact he made. And I don't know that you go with a guy like Hickenlooper um, after that experience. I will say, I find it very hard to believe that President Hickenlooper could be a thing. I just, I. <laughs> just doesn't feel like the type of name that would be president of the United States. And that's not an actual reason to not be president, but it just doesn't feel like you could see Hickenlooper on a bumper sticker like that. Though I guess it happened in Colorado when he became governor. Uh, uh, Julian Castro uh, comes in ninth place with a 36 score out of 100. And, you know, there was a time where it looked like Castro could be kind of big. I mean, he was kind of picked... Out of the Democratic field, a young up-and-coming Democrat. He's kind of like a, uh, a, you know, four-star high school football recruit. Gets the big SEC, you know, scholarship, and then he's pretty mediocre, and, and he's going very late in mock drafts. That's kind of where he is. He does have a twin brother, though. So if he becomes president and he sucks, I feel like we could just switch him out and just go with a brother. I'm pretty sure that's in the Constitution. It's kind of on the back. It was written in pencil. Um, so maybe it got erased or whatever, but I'm pretty sure it's in the Constitution. We have the top eight candidates and more on the Mueller report coming up in just a moment.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: As the country gets more and more divided, and you know you got the screams of socialism are on the rise, uh, people are securing their homes because I don't know everything seems crazy. Three million people have now chosen simply safe. And look, whether you think the country's divided or not, how do you not have a security system at this point? I think it's 16 percent of people have security systems. I like your confidence, but I would not recommend that confidence. Um, Simply Safe wants to take the worry away. Uh, they want to f- help you fear less. They protect your home 24 seven. No hidden fees or contracts, and only 14.99 a month for monitoring. This is started by a young guy who was just trying to help his friends with his rented apartments, and this is a great thing. I, my uh, sister in law. Uh, Got Simply Safe. She was renting a home and didn't want to put in a big system, obviously wasn't able to do it. She wound up moving and was able to take the system with her. Simply Safe is one of the, I mean, it's the only way you can do this and do it right and get good quality. You can set up the system yourself in about 45 minutes with a few clicks. You'll see how good it feels to feel protected. Visit simplysafe.com. Uh, Excuse me, simplysafebeck.com. Get the 10% discount. Simplysafebeck.com. Free shipping, free returns, and 10% off at simplysafebeck.com. Get into the top eight of the presidential candidates. Who's going to try to take advantage of this whole Mueller situation? And we'll get the details, what we know early on from the Mueller report. It's been released. You can read it online. If you remember uh, Willy Wonka, there was that one girl who was really rich and she had like the entire staff of people going through the Willy Wonka bars to find the golden ticket. That's what we're doing right now with the Mueller Report. We have thousands and thousands of people reading it simultaneously. And we're going to get the highlights of that. I should tell you that tonight, if you go to blazetv.com slash Glenn, use the promo code Glenn if you're not a subscriber already, you can watch tonight. We have an hour long uh, sort of special right at 5 p.m. Eastern going through everything we know about the Mueller report where it stands where we're going and we'll get into that uh in more detail as we get it we're kind of in the middle of going through it right now we're going to have some nuggets here for you in just a couple of minutes and we'll kind of s- find out what we you know where this is going we you know we know the media is going to find a way to make this into the story for the next few weeks and we want to know where it's going we want to know if any of it's true we want to know how much of it is you know a bunch of lie and spin and that's how we're going to approach this thing let's see what we can find and when we have it, we will uh, let you uh, let you in on all of it as well. You can get the report now online. You can also get the uh, Democratic primary uh, power rankings here. We have those right now online at glenbeck.com. We're up to number eight on the list. There's 18 candidates running. Number eight, Kirsten Gillibrand. Um, now, she was initially a moderate, and supposedly, and then kind of went transformed into someone to the far left. And now she kind of seems to dabble in whatever news story is sort of popular at the moment. She became sort of the prominent voice of the Me Too movement when she asked for uh, Al Franken to resign. Kind of the problem that she didn't really realize at that moment, though, is that the left has no interest in consistently enforcing these new standards they've come up with. They don't care about Me Too when it means getting rid of a crappy comedian who votes the way they like. So the Al Franken thing is actually turning out to be a bad thing for Gillibrand in the primary because Democrats didn't care about what Al Franken did to some woman. They don't care about that. What they care about is Al Franken uh, voted for a lot of left-wing socialist things. That's what they care about. So now Gillibrand's support of a woman who told her truth about an alleged series of assaults, with photographic evidence, by the way, it's now her Achilles heel in the Democratic primary. Because you know what? The old hashtag, believe all women, has its limits. And she's learning that one. It kind of was supposed to be Kirsten Gillibrand's time. You know, now it's kind of hashtag time's up. And that's kind of how it looks for her right now. She's in eighth place. A score of 38 out of 100. If you're just joining us, we have a 0 to 100 scale. And it's kind of a statistical model to see where these candidates actually stand. In seventh place, Amy Klobuchar now klobuchar has a decent case for a candidacy here uh she's a woman she's from the midwest uh she's outperformed electoral expectations many times you know they they made a big deal about beto o'rourke when o'rourke's run against cruz o'rourke outperformed generic house democrats by about four points klobuchar did that and outperformed house democrats by 13 points she's been much more impressive electorally than beto o'rourke has She's, got, she's probably a top-tier candidate for vice president. Um, and you know, I say these nice things about her so she doesn't throw something at me uh, because apparently she does that a lot as well. In sixth place, Elizabeth Warren, a score of 46 out of 100. You'll notice these we haven't had one candidate over 50, 50 on the score here, and we're all, we're all the way up to number six. Elizabeth Warren, as we know, is not a good candidate. She is a socialist on policy. She's basically Bernie. She gaffs constantly like a Joe Biden. She is not likable at all. Uh, when she tries to act natural, uh, she fails miserably. She is, uh, you know, I mean, if you want to say something positive about her, she's at least one of the only people who are releasing policy plans, but they're things like, I want a wealth tax. I am Native American. You should believe me. I also want to, you know, nationalize a good chunk of the prescription drug production in America. These are not things that fi- most people would find appealing. But I guess in the in the primary, maybe they will. I just don't think that right now the Democratic Party is about policy. You'll see this again with a Mueller report reaction today. The Democratic Party right now exists to do one thing, and that is to beat Donald Trump. Get him out of office by any means necessary. After that, they'll figure out who the next person is they want to get out of office or, or you know the, their next goal. But they don't care about these policies right now. Um, bottom line is uh, you just can't run Hillary Clinton part two against Donald Trump. That's a terrible idea. And that's what Elizabeth Warren is. In fifth place, Cory Booker. He's got a score of 55.5. Uh, you know, Cory's just an actor. You know, he is, he's one of these guys, he's just constantly overacting. He's trying to figure out, he's on this constant real-time assessment of every audience to figure out what they think he should be. And, you know, he he overdoes it. His eyes are bulging all the time. His arms are flailing. It's part of his act. And you can kind of feel him doing it. When you're a guy who's calling yourself Spartacus in the middle of a hearing, you just know the overacting is there. And, you know, Cory Booker is not convincing. You can feel him trying too hard, all the time trying too hard. And I think the fact that people will see through that eventually will be his downfall Um, and he's not a great guy for vice president, I don't think, either, because he's so attention hungry. He really wants people to talk about him, look at him, think about him. I don't spend much time doing that, but Cory Booker in fifth place on our top 18 candidates as it stands right now for president of the United States on the Democratic nomination side. Number four, I mean, this is a surprise to me. Never thought this would be the thing, but Pete Buttigieg, a guy who's a mayor from, from South Bend, Indiana, and remember, like, we're looking at this as a snapshot of where we are in this campaign right now, not necessarily where this is going to turn up. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, is going to be, or is it Pawnee? It's one of those towns in Indiana. How is is that person going to really go from there to president of the United States? I mean, maybe. Uh, it seems that that's the thing these days. Uh, I don't know. Uh, He is uh, openly gay and you should know that he's openly gay because you should not be prejudiced against people who are openly gay. Remember the phrase openly gay. We all know you're evil. You're already listening to the Glenn Beck program so we know you're an evil person. Uh, You need to understand that being openly gay doesn't mean that you aren't capable of governing in an effective manner. And I know because you're listening to the Glenn Beck program you're on some talk radio station with evil conservatives you already think you know what if he's gay he can't govern but no that's not true. By the way, also don't just treat him as some boring white guy, because that's not true either. He's historic. Every You know what we should do? Is constantly focus on the fact that he's gay, but also forget that he's gay all the time. You should just be thinking, is this person openly gay? Yes, he is. But on the other hand, you should not factor it into your decision whatsoever. However, you should factor it into your decision because it's historic. Remember all of these things at the same time. Uh, that is uh, Pete Buttigieg. You know, look, I will say this, and I mentioned this long before he's had this little bump. The one thing about Buttigieg that is actually notable is he has internal Obama machine support. Obama mentioned him before anybody knew who he was. They like him because he's a military veteran. He's you know he's a Rhodes Scholar, went to Harvard, all that. So he kind of fits that Obama profile. He's, not the military veteran part, but the other parts. The military veteran part, they think, will appeal to people in the middle of the country. He's calm. He's an effective speaker. He's not going to lose, lose it. And as Glenn kind of pointed out the other day, running Cory Booker is trying to fight fire with fire with Trump. Buttigieg is trying to fight fire with water. He's the exact opposite of Trump. He's going to sit back and he's not going to, he's not going to, his arms aren't going to flail. He's not going to start, he's not going to make accusations, he's not going to supposedly call people names. He's trying to do the opposite. I will also point this out. No one has said a bad word about him yet. This is not, this campaign is not going to end with Pete Buttigieg winning the nomination without anyone criticizing him. And there has been zero, count it, zero criticism of Pete Buttigieg. They're not going to la- allow, the other Democrats are not going to just give this nomination to him. They're going to fight against him. They're going to come up with things uh, that don't make him look so good. They're going to try to put him in positions where he doesn't look so good. And eventually that's going to take its toll. Whether he can survive that is is really the question of whether he's going to be the Democratic nominee. In third place, Bob Frank O'Rourke. You may know him as Robert Francis O'Rourke. But if you know him as Beto O'Rourke, you're falling for something. Because, you know what? He's not actually Hispanic. You can make the argument. He's more Hispanic than the average white Irishman, I suppose. But he is not a Hispanic. And uh, he's 0% Hispanic. Uh, You know, he is part of this sort of thing the Democrats are doing now, which is like, hey, what if we run someone who's really famous for losing an election? this is like a new thing among Democrats oh Stacey Abrams Gillum in Florida he'll be wonderful taking these candidates that they say impressively lost and running them for higher office is now apparently a Democratic thing Uh, now look the fundraising is good for Beto Um, he's got a lot of people on like now this is YouTube channel that apparently like him he loves praising below average quarterbacks that have no business being in the NFL whether they kneel or not uh, his hands, though, flail around like crazy. I mean, I, his hands go in places... I don't understand the hand gesture thing. They go in odd places. Places that even Joe Biden's hands don't go. And that could be an issue. He's not a convincing speaker. I'll say that. i mean, watching him in the debates here in, in Texas. You know, he's always jumping up on, on countertops like he's a cat. I just... I, I don't know that Beto's going to be able to do it. But again, this field is a crappy field. He's in third place, 62.9. Second place, Bernie Sanders... Sanders is, uh, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the sign of, of the Democratic uh, campaign right now. I mean, this is a guy who got zero co-sponsors on his Medicare for All bill in 2013. Here we are six years later and every candidate in the field, except for some of the people in like 17th and 18th place are supporting Medicare for All. He, he basically outlawed your right to get a doctor outside of Medicare for All, outlawing private insurance. It would be illegal. And every senator that is running for president signed on to that bill. That is where we are. This is a guy... You're not going to out-socialist a guy who who went to the Soviet Union on his honeymoon. Like, you're never going to find a place to his left. And as, he go, as the rest of the party moves left, Bernie goes even further left. I, I just don't understand... I mean, do Democrats really want to try this with Bernie Sanders? Do you really want to take... You're a party that lost with Hillary Clinton in 2016. And you want to try running a guy who's six years older, who's also most famous for losing to Hillary Clinton in 2016. That does not seem like the path to a victory, but the Democrats may very well attempt that here. With Bernie Sanders, number two, again, the scores are 1 to 100. He's at 68.3. Edging him out at 69.1 for first place right now is Kamala Harris. Now, Harris has a lot going for her, I think, in the campaign. She's not ahead in polling. Uh, as of now, Bernie's well ahead of her. But, you know, polling takes more of a precedent in these models as we get closer to the elections. She's got a big, big money factory. She doesn't hide that she wants to take big dollar donations. You know, Bernie's like, oh, send me $2. She's like, send me $2 million. <laughs> She's got a lot of money. She's got a lot of a big, wealthy power base. You know, she has a history of, of some strict law and order policies, which are not going to help her in the Democratic campaign. But the things your opponent leaks against you in a primary are the things you put in your own commercials in the general. She's not going to be a pushover if she makes it. I don't, She's not a Hillary Clinton. She's used to dealing with, you know, she's a prosecutor. She's used to dealing with high-pressure situations, which is what Trump brings to the table. Um, that being said, she's way too far left to think that she could be nominated as you know, President of the United States and win an election in America. I don't know how that happens. Um, but who knows maybe it can she also did have an affair um, and what's interesting about that affair is here we are in the me too generation Kamala Harris benefited in her career by having an affair at work with a a powerful male this is like the other side of the me too movement it's the side where it kind of worked out okay I don't know if that's a new hashtag can we do me too part two sometimes it works out great I don't know by the way, uh, she had an affair with Willie Brown, who was voted 1984's one of the top 10 sexiest men in the world by Playgirl magazine. Who could possibly give up such an attractive job opportunity? Kamala Harris tops our list. The list is available at Glenbeck.com. More on the Mueller report here in just a second. All right, I'm going to read this message about relief factor. Uh, Greg from Hawaii writes, my left knee started swelling last year, making climbing stairs and walking distances difficult. At the same time, my back, hips, and shoulders were aching, and I figured it was worth trying Relief Factor. Within three days, I was seeing a difference. Relief Factor is helping with, all, with almost all my aches and pains. That's one of the things, too. When you start getting pains, you start favoring other body parts, then those things start hurting. It's a bad cycle. If you have old sports injuries, if you're a veteran uh, and you're, you're dealing with injuries from that, or just you know, you've been working hard your whole life and you got to deal with these pains every day, you know you don't have to. You don't have to go into the, the idea of of getting involved in these heavy drugs and all of that. Relief Factor is one hundred percent drug free. It's created by doctors. Uh, they've got a three week quick start. It's only nineteen ninety five, so you're risking twenty bucks. But when you get it, you try it. If it works for you, awesome. It's working for about seventy percent of people. They continue to order uh, afterwards after the three week quick start, which is great. Um, and if it doesn't work for you, you've tried to solve a massive problem for twenty bucks. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's worth trying i know glenn avoided doing this for a long time finally tried relief factor it's made a huge difference in your life uh, his life and it can make a difference in yours too if you want to try a drug-free and natural way to ease your pain and get your life back go to relieffactor.com relieffactor.com it's relieffactor.com i hold in my hand right now 25.2 million dollars and i want to thank you for it because it's your money 25.2 million dollars in my hand. That's the cost of the Mueller report. I've got 448 pages. Oh, look at this. This is going to be a fun day. This you want to talk about a fun afternoon. Listen, oh man. I will say first uh, take it just flipping through it, a lot in here is not redacted. I it's going to be hard to make the argument at least visually, to the average person, that they redacted too much. I mean, there is a lot of information in here. In case you're just joining us, we're going through this today. We have a special coming up at 5 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com/glen. Uh, join up. Use the promo code Glen if you're not a member already. Get a free trial anyway. Check it out. Uh, we're going to be doing a extensive uh, special today, going over the Mueller report, what's in it, what's true, what's BS. I think it's going to be a, an interesting thing to break down. It's 448 pages, and I mean, I've has, have you ever felt better about spending $25.2 million? Oh, yeah. We're going to go through this tonight on TV to give you a quick summary. Two parts. Part one, collusion. Absolutely no evidence at, uh, that they had anything on collusion. That is the quick summary of that. On obstruction of justice, the left's going to light it up because, there, as Barr talked about, there were 10 incidents, a top 10 list, essentially, of things that were questionable that they tried to get them on. Uh, it's in that sort of gray area. You know what the left's going to say. Well, it's hard to tell you the truth. Tonight, 5 p.m. Eastern.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.